One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a great story of complying with the VP of the company, but first, a story from Octacon444. You want me to account for all of the property? In 2014, I was deployed to a base somewhere in the Middle East. I was an intelligence officer, however, the needs of the army said, you're going to head up the logistics section. I really had no clue what I was doing. Thankfully, my NCO, non-commissioned officer, was a subject matter expert in this area. During this time, I ended up being named the primary hand receipt holder for pretty much all of the property on the base. It was about $30 million. Army regulations stipulate that financial losses for property loss are limited to several months of base pay, if I recall correctly, for sub-hand receipt holders. For myself, on the other hand, I potentially could have been responsible for all of the dollars for whatever I don't sign off to someone else. So as I'm assigning sub-hand receipt holders, a facility with about 70 of my computers, $70,000, lost their only army worker. It was mainly staffed by contractors. This posed a significant problem. I had no one to sub-hand receipt to, and I couldn't realistically maintain situational awareness of this facility from my other duties. So I picked up the phone and called the person at another base who oversaw this area, I say, ma'am, we have a problem. I need you to send someone up here to sign for this equipment as I can't. Major so-and-so says, you need to figure it out, lieutenant. I say, ma'am, the only option I have at the present time is, per army regulations, taking physical custody of all these computers until such a time where a person qualified to sign for this equipment can be here. There's a long pause. While I was technically right, there were other less abrasive actions I could have taken. I just didn't because I didn't like the major anyways. So I get called into my commander's office and she's just a tad upset. Lieutenant, stand at attention. So at this point I'm about to get chewed out. They say, did you tell Major so-and-so that you were taking her computers? I say, yes ma'am. The commander says, why? I quote the regulation and the fact that I don't have $70,000 on hand. Commander says, why didn't you ask me? I say, when I was made the primary hand receipt holder, I was told I need to follow the command supply discipline program and army regulations. Furthermore, you said yourself that you were delegating your command authority to me by appointing me as the PHRH. In doing so, as it pertains to property, I have sole discretion to act when there's not a sub-hand receipt holder available. Commander says, yes, you are correct. I'll appoint someone to sign for this. Please don't threaten field grade officers. I say, roger that. Due to my actions, I was the only person to leave my position on time and had zero investigations for property loss leveled against me. We also transferred and or cut over $15 million worth of equipment. I received an Army Commendation Medal for my job over there. The Major was involved with her own investigations, and while I'm not privy to all of them, she never got promoted. I think it goes without saying that if you're on the line for anywhere from $70,000 to up to $30 million, you would do what you could to make sure not a single thing can be blamed on you. Even though this is your country's military you're serving for, 
you wouldn't trust them to somehow not screw this up and hold you liable for tens of thousands and even maybe millions of dollars, right? Basically what I'm asking is, there's no way you would ever go against policy and ever put some trust in anybody, regardless of whether it's the military or not, right? Let me know down in the comments. Our next story is from my bro told me to make one, get in the shower. I've been telling my brother to share this, but he hasn't, so I'm gonna share it for him because while it was small, it's still a good family tale. My brother when he was younger was the master of malicious compliance. You would tell him to do something, and he would find a way to do exactly what you told him to do, but not how you want it. A smaller example of this is when my mom told him to get on his homework when he got home from school. My mom came back a few minutes to see if he was doing it, and there he was, standing on top of his homework. When my mom asked what he was doing, he said, Getting on my homework, like you said. The family favorite story is the one I'm going to tell. This was a while ago, so I don't entirely remember the details. When he was roughly 9 years old, he's 24 now, my mom told him, Hey, you need to get in the tub. My brother was in the middle of reading a book he really enjoyed at the time. I want to say it was Diary of a Wimpy Kid. He loved that book and didn't want to stop. He was quite the bookworm when he was that age. So my brother and his malicious compliance loving self decided to just get in the tub per my mom's instructions and continue reading the book. So he did just that, went into the bathroom with his book, sat in the tub and continued reading. A few minutes, my mom knocked on the door, asked if he was in the tub. He said yes. Mom was happy with that response and did a few things around the house. Mom then realized a little while later, she hadn't heard water running yet. She came back by the bathroom and this time said a little more sternly, get in the shower. My brother replied with, he was. My mom opened the door to see what was going on. She saw my brother, fully clothed, sitting in the tub reading his book. She asked what he was doing. You just told me to get in the tub. You didn't say what else I needed to do, my brother replied. Now if I remember it right, my mom just had to walk away and try not to laugh. She wasn't even mad. She then told him, you need to go take a shower. And so my brother put away his book and took a shower. We have all sorts of stories of him doing stuff like that, but that remains the favorite to share with people we meet, such as the person who ended up becoming his wife. He just smiles and shakes his head when we tell the story. What I love about this story is that's the kind of relationship you have where years and years down the road, you're reminded of it and it's always kind of like a happy thing. Because anytime you came across any kind of these malicious compliances where you learn to word things a certain way, years down the road you repeat a request like that to somebody else, and you just get taken back to these moments, realizing they likely forever change the way you would ever ask a certain thing, just because they wanted to be playful and smart with you. And honestly, I think that's kind of nice to just look back on. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories like our next one from Ferrothelion. Do some soul searching? Okay. I started working for a company as an administrative assistant, purchasing office supplies, routing paperwork, coordinating meetings, etc. A person on my team left, so I picked up their duties while my boss looked for a replacement. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. 
How are you going to know who gets you? If people sing you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The interview process for the replacement started in March 2020, but it wasn't completed due to the pandemic. I continued to cover both jobs easily since my original position didn't have a lot of work to be completed while working from home. My boss compensated me for the extra work, at a 10% salary increase, and all was going well. As we navigated the pandemic and realized how to work efficiently from home, my positions picked up more and more duties. I was designated as the executive assistant to my boss's boss's boss, which added an additional part-time position to my role. The more I thought about it, the more I realized I wasn't happy doing the work of two and a half people and bringing in a measly 10% salary increase. I started discussing growth options with my boss last September. She asked me to put together a justification document as to why I deserved a growth path slash promotion. I put something together within a few weeks, doing two and a half jobs kept me really busy, and sent it to her. We discussed it at our next get together and she said she'd have to discuss with her boss. Next time we met, she asked me to put together another document on where I saw myself in five years. Okay, I put that together and sent it. Next time we met, she asks me to put together another document on the justification. I told her I was not going to keep pursuing these tasks if they aren't getting us anywhere. She said she'd discuss this with her boss. We're in February at this point, and I'm getting tired of being strung along when my boss finally sets up a meeting between her, her boss, and me. We met. I voice my frustrations. They give me reasons as to why I'm not entitled to a promotion. My boss said she already told me the reasons, but this was new information to me, and encouraged me to do some soul-searching. I start soul-searching. Am I really happy in this role? No. Do I feel supported by my boss or upper management? No. Why do I want to stay here if I know that I'm not going anywhere career-wise? Beats me. I start applying to different jobs, within the company and externally as well. I'm still working towards a promotion with my current position, but I can't get my boss to give me any timelines or a solid process to follow. We're now into April and have gotten nowhere. She's now asking me to look into different options other than a promotion, which do not follow the original path I wanted. The promotion would allow me career growth options in my current positions. Pursuing the other paths led nowhere. I interview for a position internally under a different supervisor. While I wait to hear back on that interview, I've concluded that I'm no longer interested in the promotion. It was now May and we're still at square one. My boss sets up a meeting with HR to discuss what needs to be done for a promotion, which I feel like should have been done in September when we started this whole process. My boss makes a comment that she never knew the process fully and wants to follow all the rules. Great, we've been wasting my time for the last nine months. Fantastic. Finally, some good news for me. I got the job. 
As soon as I knew I had the job, I told my supervisor I was resigning. She was dumbfounded. She made comments about how we could have moved past the problems we faced. We were working towards a promotion, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Everybody who interacted with my supervisor during my two weeks notice said she was grouchy and didn't want to talk about my departure. She now had to figure out how to complete my two and a half duties while finding my replacement. I started my new job and due to when I started work in the morning and when my new supervisor started work in the morning, I had some extra time. I was going to finish up some things. My new boss was super accommodating with that plan, but my old boss took away the access I needed. I gave her a detailed list of what I was unable to complete, and she granted me the access I needed to complete those tasks. Too late. I was already knee-deep in introductory meetings and no longer had the time to assist. It's been three weeks now and I couldn't be happier. My old boss and team are falling apart due to my boss being unable to lead a team. An awesome new hire, two to three months of work for my old boss, is already looking for a new job due to being bait and switched. I know of more people who are fed up with the leadership in my old team beyond my boss who are also looking for new jobs. I don't blame anybody for jumping ship in this situation, they're clearly just as a whole mismanaging that whole thing. Nobody should ever have to do the work of two and a half people, and if they continue moving forward with the expectation that somebody is, well then it's no wonder that they're sinking so hard now that OP's gone. In our final story of the days from 51 Charlie, legal department passed the buck, VP was a jerk, VP and company pays the price. Just hired by a small West Coast construction company to stand up and run a major East Coast regional office, the small company was just bought by a huge multinational construction company. First order of business, get a base of operations. Need a large warehouse with loading docks, office space, and good access to the Washington, D.C. area. The idea was to get a short-term lease of one year. If needed, we could easily move to a better location without too much fuss. Lots of good space available, but it's not cheap and nothing will rent for less than one year. No problemo. Myself and the execs of the small company are okay. Financials look fine. I'm allowed to execute the lease on behalf of the company, just need to run it by legal for a quick check. Lease is as standard and as fair as you'd expect. No surprises, no issues, everything's on the up and up. Legal calls me and says it's no good. We need an early termination clause. All leases are required to have them. I reiterate that this is the shortest lease we can get, 12 months. Legal is adamant that they need the early term clause. Okay, time to renegotiate again. Leasing company won't budge, won't accept anything less than 12 months. I plead with legal for help. This is the in-house counsel for a huge international construction company that does work across all sectors. They spend millions on politicians and legal. Legal's response is, we don't negotiate or provide lease documents. I'm like Bob from Office Space. What exactly do you do here? Legal says, legal will review the contract and approve, but you must negotiate and execute the contract. Cue malicious compliance. I need this wrapped up now. So I draft a clause that says basically this. Early termination, tenant will have the right to terminate the lease for any reason. Tenant will be required to pay an early termination fee equal to 200% of the remaining rent due on the lease. I sent it to our legal team expecting them to revise it. Nope, completely approved. 
Okay to execute. I sent it to the property management company, and they were dumbfounded. I said, our legal department's okay with this. Are you? They said, sure. Before a year was out, I was let go for political reasons. I tried to inform the new VP about the lease and other issues, but I know better that the VP wasn't interested in what I had to say. Okay, by me. At the end of the lease, the VP renewed the original contract for four years. A few months after VP renewed the lease, VP decided to move the warehouse. A hefty seven-figure and valid early-term bill was paid without question by accounts payable. This totally crushed the VP's P&L and completely prevented any bonuses for himself and his staff that year. Legal also got lots of heat for signing off on the original and renewal. VP was axed about 18 months later under a cloud of fraud and bribery. Yeah, there was stuff going on. I was gonna say this is definitely one of those situations where you make sure that legal sends you an email approving that that's okay. I mean, I know they have to sign off on it, but this is the kind of thing where if it can involve lots of dollars, you want to cover your butt. Thankfully for OP, they got out of there before it ever was actually a problem, and it all fell in the lap of the new VP. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.